This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Bill Roy, Editor-in-Chief, Wichita Business Journal. Welcome to Issues 2020. Do I speak now, Steve? Do I speak now? No, you wait till I ask a question. That's what Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) How does it feel to be on the other side of the mic there, huh? It's a little interesting, yeah. It's kind of strange. This Wichita Business Journal uh, serves the state with timely news in print and online, and Two updates every morning with Steve and Ted on KNSS, segments that I look forward to. How long have you been at uh, the WBJ by now, Bill? I have been at the Wichita Business Journal this month. It'll make 18 years. Oh, are you kidding me? Wow. Where is uh, 18 now? years. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And it was one month after that, after I started, that we started the Wichita Business Journal reports on KNSS on your show. Oh wow, just it's been a, it's been great. We've had a good time. Uh, what well, hate, we sure have. What other markets are served by the Business Journals? I know there's more than one. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have 41 markets now around the country. Actually, 44. 41 of them are served with a print edition, uh, and so there are three that do not have print editions. That's New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. But we have papers in, for example, Seattle, Portland, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, and then you move a little bit to the east, uh, Portland, I may have already said them, Uh, then Kansas City, Wichita, lots of them in the southeast, four of them in Texas, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Dallas, uh, some in Florida, so... We cover uh, we cover the country pretty well, and Denver is included in that as well. Uh, we we just added a market in the last few months. That's Cleveland, Ohio. So now that gives us uh, three papers. No, three yes, three papers in, in Ohio now. Tell tell us about your career before the, this job at WBJ. Boy, it's. Uh, not a very stellar one, Steve. No, as I know you, you probably I, know. I know you spent some time behind the old radio microphone there, didn't you? Absolutely, you bet. So I graduated from Kansas State University of Agriculture and Applied Sciences back in 1985. And while I was there, I was a student reporter at probably people don't remember the old KSAC. Uh, it used to be the ag station for uh, Kansas State. So I was a reporter there, and that's where I really cut my chops uh, doing news. Then went out to uh, Garden City. I was there for about a year and a half. At, or I'm sorry, about a, a year at KIUL KWKR. KIUL stands for Kansas is usually listening. <laughs> yeah. How about that, huh? I remember those calls. And then yeah. Ap- yeah. you bet, yeah. And then after that, went to Kansas City. I worked in uh, a station uh, in Jackson County outside of Kansas City. KKJC was there for about a year and a half. It was sold. And uh, after the sale, we were all looking for jobs, and that's when I heard about the job at KFDI up the dial a little bit, or down the dial, I guess, and uh, got on with uh, Dan Dillon and Pony Express News and did all that stuff. was there for six and a half years. I worked at the Eagle for three as a reporter and then went to channel 12. I was an assignment editor there. That was about four and a half years worked for a private company. As you and I know G2 interactive, we our paths crossed there. And then I got on at Wichita business journal. It would have been September of 2002. 
You know, and uh, I, you've done so. You've done well in print media, and, and you, you've also brought that radio bra- background to your podcast that you do on the internet. Tell us about those interviews. Is that is that fun to do? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Love them. It's an opportunity for us to kind of expose our audience uh, to business leaders, uh, leaders, and topics. It's it's more than just a story, and it's more than just a sound bite. We get to ask questions, for example, Jay Golden, the president of WSU, was my guest last week. And we talked about all sorts of things, including the Ivanka Trump decision. And uh, it's just a way for us to get a better understanding of the topics and the people who are involved in Wichita's business community. We've now been doing it for over three years. Uh, I will today record episode 171. Wow. Uh, And so we were the first one in the company to do it. Uh, and I, and mainly you're right. It's the radio background that helped me out right, a lot right. on that. And so, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. We've had some, we've had some great, great interviews and hopefully m- many more to come. Now your involvement with business reporting gives you, in my opinion, an excellent opportunity to know a lot about all aspects of doing business in the Wichita area. And I want to hit a couple of hot topics. Okay. To begin, sure. uh, your thoughts on the pandemic and how it has impacted our local economy, Bill? Well, I think there's nothing that we've ever seen. You know, in Wichita, we have seen the ups and downs of the aviation uh, industry. We saw the uh, Great Recession back in 2008, 2009, 2010. Certainly nothing has impacted us like this pandemic. And so, you know, it's a double whammy for Wichita because we're not as diverse as we need to be. We are dependent on aerospace and aviation. And so, you know, that dried up. Uh, air, airlines were no longer flying. And so airlines were no longer buying airplanes. Uh, the 737 MAX was grounded. That's, you add that to it, and man, what a double whammy for Wichita. Uh, and just like I think in the recession, I think we've lost jobs that probably are not coming back. Then you, you know, beyond aviation, you know, the restaurant and hospitality industries were just decimated by this. Nobody's staying in hotels. Nobody's doing events. We have to do carry out, you know, for food and things like that. Uh, I've talked to some some restaurant owners on my podcast as well, Tim Marie Shibley over at Duda Diner, the, all the changes they had to make. My heart just goes out to them. I think they're starting to come back a little bit. Uh, they're being creative and innovative during the pandemic. They've had to be to survive. And so I think that really uh, makes a difference. You know, in tough times, that's when, that's when character is revealed and character is built. And so I think They've said, we're going to find a way to succeed, and, and they're doing it. Not, not everybody has been able to do that, but yeah. a lot of them have, and I'm so proud of them. You know, how many thousand jobs do you think Wichita's lost in this thing? I've heard, I've heard oh, a couple of numbers. Well, yeah, it's, it's, some have come back, but I think the number was we were at uh, 14,000 or 20,000 that were still unemployed in the Wichita area, maybe as many as 24,000 as, as of a couple of maybe as of last month because of unemployment claims. So uh, some of them have come back, and I think some will come back with events as we are able to get back together again. 
who knows when that's going to be. But I think some of those will come back and some of the restaurant uh, jobs have come back as well. But you look at those jobs in, in uh, heavy manufacturing like aerospace and what I've heard is that if there have already been going to, uh, you know, better production as far as machinery and technical assistance and, and so forth, that some of those hands-on labor jobs are not going to come back uh, ever, possibly. I think that's a real possibility because those companies, again, are looking at, okay, how can we innovate? How can we be creative? And how can we do things differently? And I think, you know, one thing about robotics, for example, at Spirit Aerosystems or at Textron Aviation, there still have to be people who run those equip- that equipment. Uh, they still have to run those robots. Uh, so may- there may be fewer people but they will still need people to uh, make sure those airplanes are coming off the line and coming off the line the way they're supposed to. Uh, right. So we don't get into another issue like 737 MAX. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, assess the uh, performance of the Wichita Chamber of Commerce during these tough times. I know you get a good, good close-up look at that. How have they done? Well, I think they're doing what they can, uh, you know, just like everybody else, I think so much of what we do on a day-to-day basis, a lot of times is out of our hands as far as policy and those types of things. I think they have tried to, as much as they can, help individual businesses, uh, but I think it's just leading them to resources. They're still having meetings. They've got the task force that's set up also within the Greater Wichita Partnership to help deal with not only the aviation issues, but the overall economy because of the pandemic. Um, So I think they're trying to do what they can, but uh, they're also limited by what they can do by, you know, government policy and that sort of thing. It's, 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 it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. And and another aspect of this is during these tough times, the folks, folks who are always there to try to help others, like, the folks at the United Way and other public service organizations. I know they've probably been clobbered by this as well. Absolutely. Philanthropic organizations have been hit. You know, everybody tightens up when this thing happens, uh, something like this happens. And so giving is way down at different places. And some of them are going to have to figure out a way to survive as well. It's, uh, I don't think there's any part of the, the economy that hasn't been touched by this. Yeah. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest this week is Bill Roy, Editor-in-Chief, Wichita Business Journal. You know, Bill, the local colleges and universities seem to be in sync with re- preparing people for careers and employment. Uh, tell us about that. What's your take on that, the universities and schools? Well, really, really pleased with the relationships. It, it started happening about 10 years ago, I think, where you had, um, instead of the sort of parochial uh, fought, you know, turf wars and things like that. They said, we can really do this community a lot of good if we sort of team up and partner. So you've seen a lot of partnerships, for example, with Butler County or Cali County, working with Wichita State, working with friends, working with Newman uh, to make sure that the transition from JUCO to a four-year school is a lot easier, that those uh, credits all transfer over. And they're working together on programs, too. Um, just really proud of the way they partnered up in order to help the business community and students uh, make that connection. And, and students can go on and get their degrees and then enter the workforce, hopefully, 
in Wichita. We have seen a bit of a brain drain here in certain areas, especially engineering. But uh, it's really been neat to see how the the universities have sort of partnered and connected to make it easier for uh, students to get through and for companies to get good, good employees. We've really, really looked for employees over the last five years. You know, we, we had a different problem before the pandemic, and that right. was we had more jobs than we had people to fill them. Yeah. That's yeah. certainly changed now. And so, but, at, you know, what WSU Tech, for example, and the, the job that Sherry has done out there, she's done a great job. And again, the, the JUCO is working with, uh, the uh, four-year schools, it's been huge for for this area. You know, the, the, we reminded again about uh, race relations, uh, race relations in, in America uh, with the uh, the killing of the the uh, black man and by the white police officers and several incidents like that. Then we've got the protests that have gone on and on and on. And so I, I think everybody's pretty much mindful of, or at least thinking about the situation. Do you see problems with opportunities for minorities in Wichita, Bill? Well, I, I do, and and it's you know it, it, it's a it, it's a situation where it's it's been like that for so long that people really don't understand it or see it very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to people like Janetta Everett at Delta Dental of Kansas, the chamber chair this year. Uh, and John Wright, my old buddy, who is a radio guy here in town, did a podcast with them, and and it, it's it's pretty clear that while there have been certainly great success stories, we still have a ways to go in Wichita before the business community really reflects the population of Wichita. I think we need more uh, we need more female leaders. We need more. Uh, African-American and Latino uh, leaders, just so we reflect uh, the, the community we, we work in. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going to be slow. I, it's not going to, you know, you can't flip a switch and make things change. But I think, uh, I think there's, there are forces at work to try to make things better. You know, and I've noticed with the Wichita Business Journal, you all have uh, really spotlighted uh, the, the successful women in, in business, in which I've been a lot of them, uh, a lot of work right now. Uh, are those opportunities, is, is, it, is that thing of the past, the old glass ceiling, you think? Well, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a thing of the past. I think it, it has big cracks in it, and I think some women are getting through there, uh, and that's, we've seen that with some of the, uh, some of the women you know, we've written about whether it's Peggy Ward at uh, Wygand Real Estate or Janetta Everett at Delta Dental or, uh, you know, Marilyn Pauley, who is who is chairman of her bank. Uh, it, we've seen a lot of success stories. Anita Oberwerman runs two companies. Uh, so I think we've seen a lot of success stories. But, uh, you know, certainly we, we I think when we marginalize anybody we all lose out. I think there's strength in being diverse and that can bring strength to organizations and companies. The Wichita Business Journal puts a lot of time and effort into recognizing excellence in business. Um, 
Talk about those award programs. You've got, you've got several of them you do, right? Yeah, we do. We have basically one one a month, our signature events, and, and they range from, for example, next week we have our Manufacturing and Wholesale Distribution Awards. We just had our 40 Under 40 Awards. We'll have Women in Business we just got done with. Also, our Best Places to Work Awards are coming coming up soon. That's really been uh, two things for us. One, we love to give recognition where credit is due. And then two, it's another part of our business. Uh, we have three parts of our business, basically, and that's our print operation with the advertising dollars we get there, our digital operation at wichitabusinessjournal.com and the advertising dollars we get there, and then our event business where, you know, hopefully we can get, you know, 300, 400, 500 people together in a room at the Hyatt and celebrate, uh, you know, executives and healthcare heroes, which is going to be big this year. Mm-hmm. We love giving that recognition, and it's good. It's good to get everybody together, and, and uh, we're hoping we can do that again. We're doing virtual events at this point. We're doing them sort of like recorded programs, and then we, we play them back over the Internet and so people can see them. Wow. So that's that. That's one way we're trying to be creative, anyway. Well, I want to get personal for a minute, if I can. Tell, tell me a little bit about growing up in Overland. Uh-oh. Tell me about growing up in Overland Park in that gated community there with your chauffeur, <laughs> chauffeur limousine and all that. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. If, <laughs> if it was a chauffeur, it was mom or dad or my brothers. Yeah, and, uh, and I went to uh, up. We were lower middle class, probably there in Overland Park and. My dad was worked for the postal service. My mom was owned her own beauty shop, and so we uh, uh, we we did okay. We didn't take a lot of vacations or anything like that, but we did okay. I never wanted for anything, that's for sure. Yeah. Went to Shawnee Mission North High School, then went to K State. And growing up there, man, I had a really I played a lot of sports and really had a great time and a lot of great friends. It's been interesting. Uh, we'll we'll talk about ALS here in a, in a minute, I'm sure. But, um, man, since I've uh, been diagnosed and I went public with my diagnosis, man, I can't believe all the support I've had from friends, you know, from 40, 50 years ago, from high school, and, of course, the friends in the Wichita area as well. It's just unbelievable, and uh, it, I really appreciate that support. You know, like so many guys are age, though, you love sports when you were growing up. I know I know you played football. I know you. I know you wrestled. What were there other sports that you did when you were a kid? Yeah, I first started playing baseball in Cub Scouts, and that was eight years old. And then I went to <laughs> Optimus Baseball. My eyesight wasn't very good. I could throw the ball a mile, but I couldn't hit it very well because my eyesight wasn't very good. So I gave up uh, baseball, but I also played basketball. Uh, played. Uh, uh, I was in wrestling, track and field. In high school, it was football to wrestling to track and field, and I threw shot and, shot and discus there. Oh, shot. Oh, yucks. You bet. That big old heavy round thing, yikes. <laughs> you bet. 12-pound ball. I was better at discus. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, what what into, went into your decision to go to Kansas State University? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I was after high school, I had no intention at all of uh, going to college. Um, I was, I, my grades weren't great in, in high school. I barely graduated. I was in high school for the sports. And so I was working at Zarda Dairy. Uh, some folks may remember Zarda Dairy up in Kansas City. I was working on the loading docks and a guy came back from K-State 
on summer vacation uh, to work. And he said, you ought to try it. And so he and my brother talked me into it. I, I enrolled in August of 80 and, uh, you know, spent five years there in the summer, took a victory lap, of course, and I majored in Aggieville for a couple of those years. Oh, yeah. It took me yeah. five that's why it took me five years, but uh, okay, had a great time and, and just loved that university. Let me, let me, just, uh, so glad I went. I want to interrupt you for just a second. I want to, let's talk about their battle with ALS. Tell me as sure. much. As, tell me as, as much as you're comfortable about this about your health. Sure, I it was about uh, gosh, it's almost a year and a half ago now, where I really started feeling the symptoms. My hands started getting weak, and for example, try to clip your nails, and I couldn't didn't have enough strength in my hands to clip my nails. I thought, well, that's, that's kind of odd. Uh, so I went along and then it got a little worse. It didn't go away. My legs got weaker. I really, I tripped every once in a while. And so finally in June of 19, I went to my family doctor and he referred me to a neurologist here in town, Ty Schwartfeger. He's over on the East side did some testing on me, and I had my preliminary diagnosis in August of 19 of ALS. He always gets uh, second opinions, so they sent me to uh, neurology at K- KU Med up in Kansas City. And the doctor there said, yeah, uh, it's, it's ALS. It's pretty clear. So, you know, we, we told him, you know, we're going to face this with positivity and hope and optimism and we want to be aggressive about treating it the only problem is there aren't a lot of drugs that really treat ALS Um, it's a motor neuron disease where basically the signal from my brain is being interrupted the wiring is sort of frayed and so the messages that I want to get to my muscles aren't getting there and so then they then they atrophy Um, so at this point here we are in uh, what's the gosh September of 2020 uh, almost a year after my diagnosis, and I am in a wheelchair full time now. Uh, I really don't walk. I can get up. I can stand up, for example, to switch to another chair, but that's about it. I'm in my wheelchair or my uh, recliner uh, for for most of the time now. Um, I'm not really able to type very much. My hands are weaker. My arms are weaker. So I'm using voice to text. Uh, there's a program in, in Macintosh laptops, so that helps out a lot. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of tough. And, you know, my, uh, as far as, you know, day-to-day things, my wife helps me get dressed. Uh, she helps bathe me. Uh, she helps me with everything. Gretchen's my hero, and you've heard me say that several times. So uh, you have, yeah, that's just, uh, you have a terrific wife and a couple of great daughters. Oh. You couldn't you, you couldn't be happier with those three. <laughs> they are the center of your life a bit. Absolutely. What a what a great support system I have. And and you know, Sydney will come over every once in a while. She's over in Andover, she'll come over. She'll help me shave. And Shay's up in Kansas City now working for Texas A and M remotely. And uh, she comes home and helps me when she can. So yeah, I, I a better family I couldn't ask for. And then yeah. of course my support system here. Uh, has been incredible. The Gridiron Gang—you probably saw that on Facebook. Right. They came over and uh, and said hi to me one Saturday afternoon. Man, I'll tell you, I'm I, I'm I'm blessed. Well, I listen, really am. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, always great to talk to you. And this kind of—we'll talk to you again on the radio one of these days soon. So thanks so much for spending time with us, Bill. 
Our you guest. bet, Steve. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Bill Roy, Editor-in-Chief, Wichita Business Journal. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.